When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into A to Z Sports, powered as always by the Bet MGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Jack Gentry of the Tighten Up Podcast, out tomorrow on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. And we are Nashville's on demand sports network, going live weekday mornings at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Links to the show segment by segment on our Twitter X timeline. Also hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, and threads. Those are at A to Z Sports. Uh, Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us and they help out all of you. Like Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your new car buying process by going to Lebanon or seeing them at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. The Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans, get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans at fbhp.com slash ATOZ. And Krebs Kubota, uh, an elite Kubota dealer with three great locations across the mid-state, Columbia, Franklin, and Murfreesboro. They're online at krebskubota.com. Com. So, some housekeeping notes before we dive into this Tyreek Hill-type playmaker to the Titans in one of ESPN's latest mock drafts. Uh, it gets going today. The NFL Combine officially starts today with media availabilities. Uh, later on this morning, in just about an hour and a half, both Rand Carthon and, and Brian Callahan will speak to the media. Sam Phelan is up there with our A to Z Sports National staff. We've got six Six, yeah, six people up there with A to Z sports staff. And that does not include Buck Rising, who is there as well with 104.5 The Zone and A to Z sports. So that's seven. Uh, so Buck will actually have Ran and Callahan on his radio show in the 10 o'clock hour today, Central Time. So we've got content on content coming up there from the NFL Combine in Indy. Uh, and that starts uh, later on in about an hour and a half with the new Titans head coach and Titans GM speaking to the media. And it's going to be a lot of questions about the philosophy of what to do with the seventh overall pick in the NFL draft, because the Titans have a chance to land, to land what I think is a foundational face. I've said this a couple of weeks ago. It's who is going to be the foundational face of this new offense moving forward. You've got Will Levis. You've got Brian Callahan. And you're going to have a left tackle or maybe a wide receiver to join those two guys as the foundational face of this offense and of this team to replace Mike Vrabel, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry, who are going out the door. And so a top seven pick to be able to do that is key. Jack, before we hear from uh, the ESPN First Draft podcast, how do you feel about this foundational face and the combine week that is uh, upon us now? Yeah, you know, Combine Week, for me, it, it's fun, but it feels like everybody jumps the shark and gets fired up a little too early because, you know, some of the big-time test takers aren't going to be getting their work done until later in the week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Those are the three big days this week. Um, I love to hear it. I don't necessarily – and I, I, I imagine some of the chats probably like me. Some of the on-field test results – 
don't matter as much to me as some of these player interviews that we get to see. Like some of these top 10 prospects, you know, top, top 20, top 30 guys are going to be getting pulled aside and we're going to get to hear from them for the first time um, behind a microphone, see how they handle that. And, you know, we'll get to hear how team interviews are kind of going. I, lo- I love charting the interviews, right? Who have the Titans brought in? Who are they talking to? Because some of that stuff matters, whether they draft them or not. You know, after that rookie deal is up with a certain player, maybe it's a guy they liked in the process. Maybe it's a guy they go out and go find um, once that rookie contract expires or they miss out on miss out on him at the draft. So there's a lot of stuff like that. It's it's more of the interpersonal connections that fascinate me the most rather than, you know, shuttle drills and cone times and verticals and stuff like that. So that's how I feel about the combine, and that's kind of what interests me the most. All right, so uh, we do have uh, this video to get to from ESPN's first draft podcast with Field Yates and with Mel Kuyper Jr. They were going through doing a mini mock draft. Uh, They had the first 12 picks that they were going to mock. That was their episode that came out yesterday. They went odds and evens, which left Field Yates the odds draft picks, which allowed him to go with Malik Neighbors at number seven. I will show you what Field Yates had to say about the potential Titans' new wide receiver. This is one of those picks where it feels like this one should be sprinting the card right to Commissioner Goodell. Tennessee Titans take Malik Neighbors, number seven overall wide receiver out of LSU. This guy had 27 forced missed tackles last season, Mel, and he's the most explosive player in the entire NFL draft. He's the closest that I can think of from a wide receiver to Tyree Kill. Nobody is as explosive as Tyree Kill. But when you watch him, you see traces. You see shade. You see signs. You see brief moments where you're saying to yourself, that guy runs away from defensive players, a la Tyree Kill. He does not need some long running head start. He gets the football, and he is off to the races. 14 touchdown catches this past season for Malik Neighbors. A big boost after just three the year prior. I think there's a case for him as a clear-cut top-five player in the NFL draft, Mel, for the Titans who need wide receivers in a major way to continue to help Will Levis, along with some offensive line reinforcements. I think Malik Neighbors would be a terrific home run pick here for Rand Carth on their GM at pick seven. What do you think? All right, what do you think, Field, ends that with? So he, a lot of stuff right there, right? Malik Neighbors, uh, a top-five player. That's something that Field Yates just said. Uh, He also said the most explosive player in this draft. That's interesting too. And the closest thing that Field Yates has seen to Tyreek Hill type wide receiver running away from people, 27 forced missed tackles. There's a lot of really interesting things from Field Yates. And I do want to set the table. Here's how the board fell to the Titans at seven in Field and Mel Kuyper's mock right there. Quarterbacks went one, two, three. Marvin Harrison Jr. went four. Joe Alt went fifth to the Chargers. And then Roma Dunze went sixth to the Giants. So that basically left the Titans with Malik Neighbors at seven or Ola Fashanu, in my opinion. And Phil Yates decided to go with Malik Neighbors at seven. So, Jack, what are your thoughts on hearing Phil Yates' thought process on taking Malik Neighbors right there at seven? with that being how the board fell. Well, yeah, I mean, we don't know how the board will fall, but in that particular scenario, I, that's a dream situation if, if you're asking me. And I agree with him. You sprint that card right out there. You don't think about it twice. 
if Malik Neighbors is on the board at seven, you've hit the you you've won the lottery, plain and simple. Um, totally agree with Fields' assessment there, and you know it's a, it, Neighbors is an interesting prospect because look, it, it's a dude who is a yak machine. He talked about the missed tackles that he forced in the SEC last year, but what he can do after the catch separates him from everyone else in this draft class. Roma Dunes a great 50-50 guy, and you know we know how talented Marvin Harrison Jr. is. But I, you know, and this, the more we hear about this wide receiver class, it feels like the gap continues to shrink from Marvin Harrison to the next two dudes in a Dunze and neighbors. And so that's something that excites me. And, you know, Will Levis is going to need a dude who can not only catch the football, but can turn it up for 10 or 15 yards after that. And you saw the stat on the board. 14.6 yards per catch last year, 17 yards per catch the year before at LSU. The Titans' biggest deep threat was Chris Moore this season. He averaged around 19 yards per catch, but he only caught like one ball a game. And the same thing with D-Hop. Well, not really the same thing, but, you know, he was a big play guy. He averaged 14.1 yards per catch. So if you coupled neighbors and D-Hop together, you start seeing some of the things that could turn Will Levis into the first Tennessee Titan quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards. It, it, it excites me. It, it, it fits into your foundational piece narrative as well. I think that's a guy you can build around on offense. And, and we've seen it across the league time and time again. These young receivers have an impact immediately. Whether it was Puka Nakua last year, Justin Jefferson in his rookie year, there are receivers that can come in and change an offense instantly. Malik Neighbors is that guy. All right, so there's a comment in the chat that makes me go, come on, let's pump the brakes. Chill, chill, chill. Let's let's remember the conversation that we're having here. We'll get to that uh, piece of that comment in the chat here in a second uh, and more comments from you guys about what this mock draft is with Field Yates and Mel Kuyper Jr. Uh, but first, Farm Bureau Health Plans is where you should turn for all of your health coverage needs. They can help you out just as they have been for Tennesseans for over 75 years that whatever your situation is whether you've got uh, a growing family that you need the best health coverage for with that situation whether your family's uh, made you and your spouse empty nesters and you need that next level that upped level of health coverage for that later stage of life farm your health plans is phenomenal when it comes to that as well also farm your health plans can take care of the entrepreneur the single the the independent contractor type out there as well uh, who's going out there to conquer the world on their own, they've got you covered too. Regardless of that situation, they'll make sure they invest in you just like they invest in their community with the Titans, the Balls, other colleges, and also schools and youth sports leagues across the entire state. For over 75 years, Tennessee has trust. Farm your health plans. You should too. Get a quote today and get started at fbhp.com slash ATOZ. If you want to get started in sports betting, BetMGM is the place for you, and you can do it with a great promotion. In bonus code A to Z Sports, new users sign up, plug that code in, you'll get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. Now is a time where everything's going on. Spring training is underway. The MLB season's right around the corner. College basketball is heating up. There's final four props out there. There's props to win each conference out there on BetMGM. They've got it all, including some NBA and NHL action as well, as the Preds just swept a massive road trip in a position themselves to make make a little playoff push. So there's a ton of stuff going on. If you want to get some skin in the game, do it with BetMGM. 
Plug in our bonus code A to Z Sports and new users, you can take advantage of a great offer that gets you up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. All right, so I wanted to get to this comment because what we're reacting to is Field Yates taking Malik Neighbors seventh overall for the Titans in their mock draft on first draft. So this is literally a mock draft that played out between Mel Kuyper Jr. and Field Yates. Timmy Sama says, Austin, we'll have to trade up that Neighbors won't be there at seven. This not the conversation. Like we're we're again. The conversation and what we're talking about here is that quarterbacks go one, two, three to uh, the the teams right there, Chicago, uh, then Washington, and then New England. Marvin Harrison Jr. goes four to Arizona. Mm -hmm. The Chargers take Joe Alt at five. Uh, They've talked about wanting to be physical under Jim Harbaugh, and they need somebody to help. Uh, protect Justin Herbert, and then the Giants are in this the the right the situation of uh, you know offensive line or wide receiver too, just like the Titans at six, mm-hmm. and they went Roma Dunze because Joe Alt just went there. So Timmy Malik Neighbors was there at seven. I don't we're not go, talking about predictions on what's going to happen, but there is a really good chance because of the three quarterbacks and Marvin Harrison Jr. One of these three guys is going to be on the board for the Titans at seven. Because of numbers, Joe Alt, Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze, and so that was the situation that that we had here with this uh, with this mock draft. So Timmy, maybe Malik Neighbors will go to the Giants at six, and a, a Dunze will be there. Maybe mm-hmm. the Chargers will take a wide receiver at five because they cut Mike Williams or Keenan Allen or both uh, there too. So we have to figure out what's going to happen. But one of those three players is going to be available at seven. Alt, Adunze, Neighbors. And in this situation, the Titans got Malik Neighbors at number seven. Yeah. And, and there's there's a couple of wild cards in this. And like a lot of people, you know, aren't for sure as to what the Los Angeles Chargers are going to do with that fifth overall pick, right? You just mentioned they want to get more physical. Well, they, you know, they also hired a guy in Greg Roman as their offensive coordinator who comes from Baltimore and absolutely loves using the tight end. And Brock Bowers is a guy that has been linked to the Chargers at five as well. So there's a couple different options there. And look, no one no one knows how the board's going to fall to seven. Like There's always a surprise. There could be a trade. And that's why the Titans fans uh, should be cheering for J.J. McCarthy to absolutely explode at the combine um, or knock out all of his interviews if he's not going to throw or he's not going to run um, because that creates a situation where maybe a team wants to jump up to six and take a quarterback and blow the Giants away with an offer. That way, the Giants, who have the same needs as the Titans in the first round, get pushed back, and the Titans get their pick of the litter. But look, this is a dream situation. If if one of those three players, Alt, Adunze, or Neighbors, falls to you at seven, you're in a fantastic spot. I mean, that is, that is absolutely fine. And then there, there's people that like Bowers as well. Bowers could be fit into that as a, pass, a dynamic pass catcher that could help create a little safety net for Will Levis on offense. But yeah. look, if the board falls this way and neighbors is at seven, I don't know who would complain about that. For sure. And, and so I think it's, I, I'll give you, I, I have one prediction that's two-parted because it has to do with two players that I think are going to really uh, stand out at the NFL combine later this week. Because Marvin Harrison Jr. is not even in Indianapolis. He was like, I'm not going. He's not doing any medicals, any interviews. He is just not showing up to Lucas Oil Stadium, that convention center. 
Malik Neighbors is going to be there, but he's not doing anything physical. He's not testing at the NFL Combine. He will meet with teams and do medicals. So Roma Dunze is going to show up and show out. Roma Dunze, as of right now, Tuesday morning at 8.30 Central, is going to is supposed to be doing all the drills. So he is the best wide receiver on the field at the NFL Combine this week. He will look great. He will fly up the board. People will be talking about Roma Dunze in the same way they're talking about Marvin Harrison Jr. and Malik Neighbors. That's going to become a tighter race for wide receiver one, just like you kind of mentioned off the top of the show. And Marvin Harrison Jr. still probably being one, but the two and three gaps behind him, not that far. Another player that's also going to do very well and have a similar Roma Dunze rise throughout the combine is Olaf Fashanu from Penn State. I think Olaf Fashanu will show up at the combine, run faster than Joe Alt, be more explosive than Joe Alt, and overall look better in his underwear than Joe Alt. And so now you're going to start having conversations of who's the best offensive lineman in the league between Joe Alt or Olaf Fashanu, and Fashanu is going to look pretty damn good over the weekend. And so that is where I feel like you're looking at the Titans being in a situation where now you're going to have maybe two of those those four players available at seven overall once you add Fashanu to the mix of Alt, Neighbors, and Roma Dunze there. Yeah, like, and I remember when the season ended and the Titans had won a game at the end of the year and it may have cost them a spot or two in the draft. And people were wondering, like, oh, my God, what if we miss out on one of the, the two guys that we have circled here in Neighbors and all? Well, as the process goes on, I think fans learn more and more about each player. And, uh, you know, we, we have, we're the same way. You know, with more information, new opinions can be formed. And that's kind of what's going to happen this week. Like, we're going to have new information on Fashane. We're going to have new information on Odunze. And we're going to get to see for ourselves whether we believe that those, those guys are capable of being a cornerstone piece in the Titans' offense. Like, Alt and Neighbors get a lot of attention because they were in the spotlight, you know, often last year. Neighbors was the number one wide receiver in an offense with a quarterback who won the Heisman. Obviously, Joe Alt plays for Notre Dame and is a left tackle, and it's a position that everybody's trying to figure out all the time in this league. Well, uh, you know, Adunze showcased his potential, uh, you know, under the brightest lights in college football last year. Um, and, and while he's not an SEC guy, a lot of people in the South aren't as familiar with his game. We're going to learn a lot about him this week. Same thing with Fashanu. You know, not an SEC dude, not, you know, Penn State's good, not great, um, but he's a guy who can help come in and he's got the ceiling. You know, the sky is the ceiling for him. Um, it's going to be an interesting situation, but you, you've got four or five different guys that you should feel comfortable with heading into next season. You know, if you sit at seven and you take one of those dudes. So I, yeah. it's a great position. It feels like. It feels like the Titans are, are in a can't-lose position. I say that after seeing some some disastrous Titans picks in the draft over the last few years. So I know they can, that, that losing is possible no matter where they sit. But, you know, they're going to they're gonna make a decision based off of two teams' decisions, really, and that's Arizona, who's not going to go quarterback, and then, you know, the New York Giants, who sit right in front of them. Neither of those two franchises exactly are known for crushing the draft. In fact, the Giants are known for – drafting for positional need but not drafting the best guy like for, for their needs you know we've seen it with Kayvon Thibodeau we've seen it with Daniel Jones so you know it's nice to be picking behind a couple of franchises that most people across the league would consider incompetent 
Yeah, for sure. Danny says, if that specific situation plays out, take Fashanu. How is Levis going to throw the ball to neighbors or Dunze from his back? Well, Joe Burrow did a pretty good job of doing that to Jamar Chase the last few years. Now, he got hurt this past season, and but the Bengals have whiffed on several opportunities to fix the O-line since they took Jamar Chase over Pene Sewell. But let's get to uh, – I'm going to replay the Field Yates pick for the Titans at seventh overall, and then we'll dive deeper into this conversation. This is one of those picks where it feels like this one should be sprinting the card right to Commissioner Goodell. Tennessee Titans take Malik Neighbors, number seven overall wide receiver out of LSU. This guy had 27 forced missed tackles last season, Mel, and he's the most explosive player in the entire NFL draft. He's the closest that I can think of from a wide receiver to Tyree Kill. Nobody is as explosive as Tyree Kill. But when you watch him, you see traces. You see shade. You see signs. You see brief moments where you say to yourself, that guy runs away from defensive players, a la Tyree Kill. He does not need some long running head start. He gets the football, and he is off to the races. 14 touchdown catches this past season for Malik Neighbors. A big boost after just three the year prior. I think there's a case for him as a clear-cut top five player in the NFL draft mail for the Titans who need wide receivers in a major way to continue to help Will Levis along with some offensive line reinforcements. I think Malik Neighbors would be a terrific home run pick here for Rand Carth on their GM at pick seven. What do you think? There's Field Yates there going with Neighbors. I mentioned it earlier, uh, how the first six picks went in their mock draft uh, up until that point where the three quarterbacks, one, two, three, uh, actually, Jane Daniels went two to Washington and then Drake May three to New England. Then Marvin Harrison Jr. goes number four to the Arizona Cardinals. Joe Alt goes fifth to the Chargers. And Roma Dunze, the second wide receiver taken to the Giants at six, leaving neighbors to the Titans at seven, where Field Yates says, run it to Goodell as fast as you possibly can. Malik Neighbors, N-A-B-E-R-S. Uh, so, Jack, let's ask the question to the chat here today. We want you guys to power rank your top three Titans draft prospects. I think this is a great way to, to ask a question because we just saw the situation of Alt and Adunze off the board where the Titans were left with neighbors. Ah, great consolation prize with the most explosive player in the draft that Phil Yates just called the, the closest thing he's seen to Tyree Kill. So we want you guys to rank your top three Titans draft prospects for the seventh overall pick power rank your top three draft prospects for Titans at seventh overall. Now, because uh, I see Titans college is throwing in uh, Marvin Harrison jr. I don't think you can include Marvin Harrison jr. In the realistic options, right? Like it would be shocking if Marvin Harrison jr. Made it to seven. So let's try to be as realistic as we can in these answers. Yes. And remember that, the comparison from neighbors to Tyree kill, you gotta, you gotta consider the fact that sure, you know, both of them are, are yak monsters and they're both route technicians. Neighbors is six foot, 200 pounds while Tyree kill is five ten, like 180, 185. So I don't think they're necessarily comparing the size as much as they are, you know, what they can do with the ball in their hands after the catch, as well as how they get open. So yep. let, let's keep that in mind as well. But I see a lot of answers rolling in Austin. I'm going to get to as many as I can here. Oh, real quick. Uh, we got we to gotta do some work first. Before we we do get to those answers, I t we do want to tell everybody about our great friends at the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports 
medicine care. Whenever an injury happens in life, you have to know where to go, where to trust. The experts at the Bone and Joint Institute in Franklin do specialize in, and have specialized uh, specialties in just about any injury that could possibly happen across uh, life, or across youth sports. If you're playing intramurals or rec league sports and you get hurt, you're rolling an ankle, you bust, the, bust up a shoulder or something, or maybe that hip is feeling tight and it used to not feel that way, don't let that linger. Go to get it checked out at the Bone and Joint Institute in Franklin, right off of I-65, and book an appointment, boneandjointtn.org. BetMGM.com, bonus code A to Z sports. Plug that plug that sucker in when you're signing up. If you're on a sports book that you don't like or you've had some bad luck, you want to change it up while also getting in on this amazing promotion, download BetMGM, use bonus code A to Z sports, and you'll receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. They want you to start off in the green. They don't want you to come over and start losing. They want, they want you to stick with them. So download the download the app, BetMGM. Use our bonus code A to Z Sports, and you'll receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. All right, Jack. Now you can go to the chat to read the the Let's answers to our our question, and it is power ranking the Titans' top three draft prospects for seventh overall. We got a ton of them, so I'll let you at it. All right, Jack. Let's have a great day today. We're gonna start off with Hoshi on YouTube. Alt one for Shanu two, neighbors three. So it's clear he's got an offensive tackle um, bias there. Titans Kyle says MHJ neighbors, then Odunze. We're seeing three wide receivers right there. So a lot of different opinions. Here's one Z uh, Brock Bowers, Joe Alt, Malik neighbors. Very interesting from Zach Green. I know he's been watching a lot of Georgia football. Eric Castillo says Joe Alt, neighbors, Odunze. Uh, continuing to go here, we have neighbors for Shanu. And Patrick Paul. Okay, that, that's a name we haven't seen yet in the chat. Patrick Paul, offensive tackle um, out of Houston, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, Timmy Sosa says, neighbors for Shanu, Joe Alt. Those are his three. Uh, Stephen King, Alt, neighbors for Shanu. Then we have uh, Alt for Shanu. Trade, says Jason Martinez. <laughs> not a prospect, but, but a decision that the Titans are going to make at seven to trade back. Um David Brown says Harrison Jr. neighbors alt alt neighbors Shanu neighbors alt for Shanu from Brandon. Um, Michael Snyder says Olu alt neighbors. Interesting first Olu over alt uh, mm. power ranking there. Alt neighbors Olu from Deshaun. Um, continuing to scroll here, we've got Bowers alt neighbors. Then we have neighbors for Shanu alt alt neighbors for Shanu. Um, neighbors, Alt Adunze. There's Adunze making an appearance. It's about time. I've read through so many comments, haven't seen much Adunze. Michael Billington says, Alt, neighbors, and Freshanu, neighbors, Alt, and Bowers from Sky. So, a lot of different, uh, different orders, but it's really yeah. the same three guys we're seeing Alt, neighbors, and Freshanu. Austin, I'm not even going to include Fashanu on my list. He 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 didn't make my power. We we left it at three for a reason because cutting it off at three is hard. Yeah. Adding yeah. it, adding four, you're like, oh okay. Well, yeah, because because you're you're going to leave off. You're going to have to leave off two of those guys. And, and for me, it's <laughs> I'm leaving off Brock Bowers and Ola Fashanu. My top three are Joe Alt at number one. I think that you cannot gamble at left tackle. The Titans have learned this lesson in the past. I don't think they'll let it come back and bite them again. You can't gamble at that position with a quarterback who's trying to get developed. So I think Joe Alt at number one makes the most sense for me. 
If he's there, you got to take him. You can't miss out on Joe Alt if he's on the board. Number two, however, Malik Neighbors. The only reason he's not number one is because I believe you can find a big-time wide receiver in the second round this year. It's not the case every year. I don't think that you could be able to find you know the same caliber offensive tackle in the second round, um, especially if Alt's an option or for Shanu, for that matter. So I think it's safer to go left tackle first round, wait, maybe get like an A.D. Mitchell or, you know, Lad McConkey or, you know, a Franklin or, or somebody like that in the second round that can come in and make an impact immediately and be the Robin to DeAndre Hopkins, Batman. So for me, it's all neighbors one, two. And, you know, uh, different days like you can interchange them depending on how you feel. But for me right now, alt number one, neighbors number two, Roma Dunze number three. But because I, th- I think that you can't miss out on a wide receiver at any point in this draft. If Alt is off the board and Neighbors goes at six, Roma Dunze is the pick. He's got to be the pick. You need a guy who can who can who's going to stick around for a while and help fill that void that AJ Brown left behind. Because look, I know you got D Hop, but how much longer are you going to have him for? One, yeah, you know, he, one more he's, only, he's only on the books for another year. So yeah. you got to start finding a replacement plan for when D-Hop inevitably walks and probably finds his way onto a contender's roster. Roma Dunze would be a great option. He's not a great value Malik Neighbors. He's not a Kmart Malik Neighbors. The dude can ball. We've seen it. So I you know, I, I think that Dunze has to be my three. And it, it's hard, but I'm going to leave off Brock Bowers and Fashanu. So those are my three. Alt, Neighbors, or Dunze. Ah, Jack, I think I bamboozled myself because I made this question too difficult because now I'm going to have to make a decision because we're asking power rank your top three Titans draft prospects for seventh overall in the draft. I have five players that I would like to put in my top three, but that's not how math works. And so I'm going to have to cut two of these guys off. And, oh man, it's so difficult. I don't think I want to put Joe Alt first. Because I don't necessarily think if I feel like I should take Joe Alt over Fashanu at this point. Because I'm very intrigued to learn more about Ola Fashanu. I think he's going to have a great combine. I mentioned that a few minutes ago. I think Ola Fashanu is somebody that has maybe he's more of a raw type player. And Alt is more polished. But Fashanu might be shinier once you get that polish on him. And you got a pretty good dude that can polish up some O-linemen with Bill Callahan there as your O-line coach. So I like that idea. So that makes Joe Alt slide back one. I'm going Malik Neighbors number one. Joe Alt number two. And son of a... Ah, I think I have to go Brock <laughs> Bowers at number three. I knew you would. I knew Bowers was on your list. Yeah, so Neighbors one. Joe Alt two and Brock Bowers three. I really like the way that Brock Bowers can be a glue piece for this offense to start. And I just think Malik neighbors is so flashy. Like when's the last time? Uh, Well, the answer is AJ Brown, but before AJ Brown, removing AJ Brown, when's the last time the Titans had a wide receiver who was breaking tackles? Before A.J. Brown? I mean... Outside of A.J. Brown. Because A.J. Brown is always the answer. When's the last time the Titans wide receiver this? A.J. Brown. For two years. Three years. And then they shipped him off to Philly. And we know we don't need to revisit that. So... I mean, you gotta go to, like, the, the early years of Kenny Britt, breaking, maybe? Breaking tackles. Like, who is a tackle breaker? And I.R. says, 
Uh, last year, D-Hop. No, no, no. Let's No, DeAndre Hopkins was not breaking tackles. DeAndre Hopkins was avoiding tackles. Uh, Spinning that's out of what them. he was. Yes, and, and he was more of like catch the ball while running and then stop, let them fly by you, and then fall forward like five more yards. But he wasn't breaking tackles. Nate Washington, great receiver, loved Nate Washington, wasn't breaking tackles. He was running away from people. But I think you're right. Kenny Britt is a tackle breaker, but that was 15 plus years ago. And, (laughs) and Malik neighbors broke 27 for, I guess forced 27 missed tackles last season at LSU. I just really feel like that's a, that's something the Titans have been missing outside of AJ Brown for a short period of time. And they let it out of their grasp. So that's why I think, Malik Neighbors is a dynamic playmaker that the Titans miss. It's the guy that creates his own jump shot. The Titans don't have that. They got a lot of spot shooters. DeAndre Hopkins is a really damn good player. He's a thousand yard receiver on a really difficult thing to get a thousand yards, but he's a jump shooter. It's hitting set shots. Like Malik Neighbors is a playmaker. And I think that's why I have a number one. Not sold on Joe Alt. I want to see Joe Alt and Fashanu more to see where I think tackle offensive lineman number one is and then I like Brock Bowers as a glue piece. This is really but tough because I, I like Aroma Dunze and I like Fashanu too. The Titans are gonna be sitting there possibly with three of those guys on the board and you're gonna have to make a really tough decision. I, I did like your point that you made about having Bill Callahan in your back pocket maybe makes it less pressing to address that at seven to address your need at left tackle at seven overall. Um, another another thing that I'm seeing in the chat, and and Timmy brings it up. He says, "No, he, he's out on Rome. He says he's it's a, he's a product of his scheme, and he's nowhere near as explosive as Malik. And I'm not a box score warrior. And Timmy, I you know, I think you, that there's a case to be made on your side of this argument. I don't want to say that you're wrong, and I yeah, also don't want to be a box score warrior. But Roma Dunze averaged nearly 18 yards per catch last season." compared to Malik Neighbors' 14. And I know not all systems are built equally. Not all quarterbacks are built equally. So there's going to be some discrepancies in numbers in college. But I just, I, I, like, I'm, like, like I said, I don't think Roma Dunze is a discount wide receiver. I think he's one of the top shelf dudes. So, you know, while, while I might rank Neighbors slightly higher than a Dunze, like you said earlier, a lot can change this week. You know, we have the potential yeah. to be wowed by some of the stuff that a Dunze does in Indianapolis. Yeah, and uh, Trey says uh, Rome is not a product of his scheme. Rome is a freak. And that's, here's the thing. How different would that national championship game be if Michael Pinnock could just connect to Roma Dunze when he was wide open? Multiple times. Multiple times. They could have won. Like, we could be sitting here, Washington Huskies, national champions, and Roma Dunze because he caught two touchdown passes for Michael Pinnock. And Michael Pennant is probably quarterback number four over JJ McCarthy, who won the damn game by doing very little. Mm-hmm. But nope, that's not what happened. Michael Pennant had a terrible game, terrible game, missed Rome a couple times, threw a bad pick, just was off when it felt like he was on against Texas the week before. So uh, Thea asked, mm-hmm. uh, Do you think Rome will run a 4 3? Yeah, I do. <laughs> but even here's the thing here's the thing. And Another box score warrior comment. We can't be living and dying on 40 times. Do you remember AJ Brown ran like a four five? Four five. He and Traylon Burks are the same 40 times. 
Exactly. So, so like, even if they're not a four, three or, you know, a mid four, three, or even a high four, three, like you can still get a dynamic playmaker with the ball in his hands that runs in the four fours and can break tackles after the catch and can get open and get separated like a dunes and neighbors both have the ability to do. So I, I don't think that, it, you know, a four, three is an end all be all when it comes to, you know, the tiebreaker between a neighbors and a dunes, if a, an absolute, jackpot situation presents itself where both of them are available at seven. Like I, I don't think that a 40 time should be make or break for either of those players. They're both fast. They're both explosive. They can both get open and they both do damage after the catch. So don't get so hung up on times this week. I think it's a good point. All right. So Jack, I want to kind of play a live game. We might, we might save our, our previously discussed other topic for another day. Cause I just thought of something because I think we both agree with the situation that played out with Mel Kuyper Jr. and Phil Yates on their podcast first draft with ESPN yesterday of Marvin Harrison Jr. for Alt 5, Adunze 6, we both think Neighbors is the pick pretty easily, right? That's not that – it's a tough decision because you got uh, Fashanu and Bowers there too, but we both feel that that is a Malik Neighbors pick, correct? Absolutely. And, you know, for the, for the people that are team trade back – I don't think you trade back if neighbors is there. No, I, right. I, you know, if so, if Alt Fashanu and neighbors are all gone, then you think about it. Which I but, don't know. Uh, I think that's nearly nearly impossible. Okay, so I want to try to find another draft scenario that is the toughest decision the Titans would have. So what if the Giants took neighbors at six instead of a Dunze? And the Titans were there with Adunze, Fashano, and Bowers. Repeat that one more time. If the Giants take neighbors at six, Alt still goes at five. Now you're talking about Rome versus Fashano yeah. with Bowers on the outside looking in. That is that a t- was that maybe the toughest decision? Yeah, I think that's definitely the toughest because you know neighbors is kind of a clear-cut guy for me he's one of those blue chip dudes that a lot of people label as can't miss and you know Adunze I believe is the next step you know it's not even really the next step down it's kind of a lateral step um with Adunze but but then you have a guy in Fashanu who needs some work he needs to be polished he needs some development you've got a guy that you just hired who can do all of that in a in a very very fat at a very fast pace and then you have Brock Bowers, who's kind of an anomaly, right? He's not a wide receiver. He's not a left tackle. He's a pass-catching playmaker who can provide a security blanket for Will Levis. He's also got some run-after-the-catch ability. He's a really impossible matchup for linebackers because of how fast he is at, you know, at the tight end position. But it's just not a pressing need, and you have a tight end at home. I get it. He's not an elite tight end in Chickaconquo. But if he fixes some of these drop issues – he can be a six, 700 yard guy. And when you have a guy like that at tight end paired with a DeAndre Hopkins, who, DeAndre Hopkins, who can go for a thousand and a Malik neighbors who goes for a thousand, then you don't necessarily need an all pro caliber tight end. You, you, you need an all pro pass catcher at, at wide receiver. And if the Titans can get that at seven in Roma Dunze, they, you know, they ought to take it if neighbors is off the board. All right. I think I, so you would take Rome over Shanu. And yes, I would. I would. Okay. That I think that's my toughest so far. I do see Titans Kyle in the chat has what he think would be the toughest draft scenario 
for the Titans. We'll, we'll get to that uh, in some super chats here in a second. But first, Real Krebs Kubota. Krebs Kubota is where you should turn for all of your equipment needs. KrebsKubota.com. Uh, check them out. They are an elite Kubota dealer with three locations across the mid-state, Columbia, Franklin, and in Murfreesboro. KrebsKubota.com is their website. Uh, their customer service is out of this world. They are a family-owned and operated company. Customer service is everything to them, making sure that you feel confident about your purchase with your equipment, about your rental with the equipment, and about the relationship, that you feel confident that you can go back to Krebs Kubota when you have any type of question, any type of other need. If you need service done, boom, they got it right there. The best warranties on top of the best equipment because they're an elite Kubota dealer. So check them out online at KrebsKubota.com. BetMGM.com, it's your place to get some skin in the game. All kind of sports are going on right now. There's plenty of stuff to bet on, whether you want to bet a future in college basketball. You want to do some draft props. BetMGM has those up, and those are only going to keep popping up as the combine plays out. Those are really fun if you know what teams need, the, you know, the, the certain positions that they need. It's really fun. You can get some great value over there as well. But you can't do it without BetMGM. Download BetMGM, use our bonus code A to Z Sports. You'll get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. They want you to take advantage of this offer. New users, if you're just thinking about getting some skin in the game, if you want to switch it up, do it with BetMGM. They're reliable, they're trustworthy, and their selection is unmatched. BetMGM.com, code A to Z Sports. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions, subject to qualification, eligible comments. First online room money wager. Only rewards issued non bonus bets, bonus bets, five, seven, eights. And for a problem, give us four. Call Tennessee Redline, 800-889-9789. All right, Jack, I'll get to the other Titans-Kyle uh, thing, but you were about to say something before I switched over to Kabo. Yes, and it's a bad narrative that's going around with Titans, uh, Titans Twitter right now, and that's that Roma yeah. Dunze isn't fast or explosive. We've already highlighted a couple of comments. Jacob Webb says that he doesn't even think Rome can run in the four fours. Look, Roma Dunze was timed last offseason, okay? He was timed at Washington, and, you know, I understand hand times and, and different stuff, and especially when you're at your own school, maybe it's a little boosted, and maybe it looks a little sure. better than it will, you know, a neutral site in the combine, where, uh, you know, the guy that's timing you is a laser instead of a dude that's wearing a Washington jacket, right? But he ran a 4-3-4 last offseason in the 40-yard dash. Like, Roma Dunze is not a slow guy. He is explosive. He is fast. He can separate off the ball. He can se he can separate from his defender at the line of scrimmage. I mean, the guy can do everything that you need in a wide receiver. So this narrative that a Dunze is not fast or explosive is flat out wrong. And, you know, I can't wait for people to find that out this week. Yeah, and Rome is the only of the top three receivers that are doing drills at the Combine this week. And so that will happen, I believe, on uh, Friday or Saturday is when they take the field. So Titans Kyle has what he thinks is the toughest draft scenario to that he has seen. And I haven't seen this one, but I agree. This one's pretty tough. Uh, toughest he saw was New England goes Joe Alt at three uh, and sticks with Mac Jones for another year. The Chargers take Olafashanu at five. I guess Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, goes right there at four. The Giants take Malik Neighbors, leaving the Titans at seven with Bowers or Adunze. And, ah, man, this is where I bamboozled myself because I said that I Brock Bowers is my third prospect on my top three power rankings for seventh overall. Uh, this is where I'm not entirely sure if I go with Bowers or Dunze. I think both players are really quality players for the Titans there. But, Jack, uh, I guess for the sake of sticking with my word, I would have to go with Brock Bowers. Where would you go? 
in this scenario. And look, I, I just see uh, Randy says, no way, Kyle, that will not happen. It's possible. It is because like the Patriots are a wild card. They're not guaranteed to take a quarterback at all, especially if they view two quarterbacks better than the third and their two guys go one, two to uh, Chicago and Washington. And they don't necessarily like the third option as much. And then they want to get Joe Alt because they want to give Mac Jones another year. Yeah. In this situation, the Titans Kyle laid out, by the way, great stuff. Titans Kyle. It's uh, it's, it's a situation that's very possible. Um, I, you know, if you're giving me an option between two pass catchers, and I hate to do it because it feels so lazy, but if you're giving me two pass catchers and one's a tight end and one's a wide receiver, I want the wide receiver. I, I, I just do. You know, I, I think that his ceiling would be higher in this offense with Will Levis. And again, you got to find a guy who can come in and fill that void that DeAndre Hopkins is going to leave behind when he inevitably leaves or ages out of the Titans' offensive scheme. And you have an opportunity to do that at seven. You have an opportunity to do that at 38. But I think that you should take the the playmaker at seven and then circle back at 38 and assess your options at tackle. I think that that's the, that's the winning formula for this draft for the Titans. Yeah, uh, David says the Patriots hate Mac Jones. I'm trying to get the comments are jumping around for me. Uh, the Patriots hate Mike Jones, liter- Mac Jones, literally. I mean, Bill Bel- is that Bill Belichick thing or is that, something that uh that their new coach is also believing in is I mean, Gerard it's hard mayo to like just it's hard is Gerard mayo out on mac jones like bill belichick we have we don't know yet if i was a head coach i would want to draft my quarterback uh you know i don't know that mac jones shown you enough to to uh kind of look gerard mayo is going to need a guy behind center who can perform and i don't know that mac jones is capable of doing that up there i think that the fan base is out on him i think that the organization's probably seen enough of him but there was a there was a question about jj mccarthy yeah um, possibly moving into the top 10 and there's patrick bird's comment right there rumors is mccarthy's rising possibly in the top 10 i i, I believe it mel hey. kuyper in this same first draft said you know at six he's probably a little too rich for me but that's I think that this is a this is a perfect scenario to talk about this. If JJ McCarthy absolutely crushes interviews, workouts, throwing pre-draft, that is a perfect situation for the Titans. If you can find another team that's willing to trade up in front of the Titans and take a quarterback, that bides you some time that gives you another player to pick from when you come up at seven. So if JJ McCarthy crushes it this week, and he does rise, like we've been hearing his name. You know, he, he has been rising. If that happens, and somebody moves in front of the Titans to take a fourth quarterback, uh, the Titans are playing with house money at seven. Yeah, it's tough though. I mean, you, you have to figure out how far back would you go. And honestly, uh, our Dustin Adams for A to Z Sports, one of our draft uh, editors, uh, he has been hearing through conversations and sources that yeah, the Mac- that McCarthy love in the NFL is real. I, it would be, wild. I don't get it. it I, I, I don't get, get it, it personally, but yeah, you know, if somebody wants to move up in front of the Titans and make a mistake on McCarthy, be my guest. Yeah. It's trading back. I get, you could pick up a third rounder that you have a massive hole between uh pick 38 and pick one Oh six. And that would be great for the Titans. But again, we've gone through these different scenarios. The Titans will have the opportunity to pick at least one of these four guys, Alt, Neighbors, Fashanu, uh, Romadunze, 
and then Brock Bowers. Like one of those <laughs> five is going to be there. Yeah, absolutely. And there was a lot of two pearl of clutching probably gonna, at the end. At of least the, two of them are going to be there. No, no doubt. And there was a lot of pearl clutching at the end of the season because a lot of Titans fans thought they'd miss out on the cream of the crop, right? And they'd get kind of the first of the second tier. Well, it doesn't look that way. There's going to be a first tier caliber guy waiting for you at seven, no matter how the board follow or how the board falls. And yeah, so it, I, I, I just think that Titans fans should be happy with that. Right. I have a harder time trading back to miss on one of those oh, yeah. five guys is kind of where I'm at there. Super chats I'm here. Never trade. Yeah, team not never the, trade. Not this year. Team not trading back this year. Uh, mm-hmm. fair enough. All right. Super chats. Kick of the King says, so if the Titans draft Malik neighbors at seven, then sign a free agent wide receiver is trailing Burks default wide receiver four on the depth chart behind Hopkins, Malik, the free agent and Burks. Just curious. I mean, yeah, do something trailing, you know, this is it. You have an opportunity, man. Like you gotta, you gotta show something. You gotta stay healthy. You gotta catch the damn ball, come down with it, jump up, go get it, come down with it. More than once against the Chargers for 70 yards. And, yeah. uh, you know, now it, or never. Yes. And I think and the Titans should the not wait game. on him. I don't think the Titans should wait. And Mel, we didn't play the clip. We don't necessarily need to. But Traylon Burks uh, was brought up by Mel Kuyper Jr. and uh, the reaction to Phil Gates going with neighbors at seven of, yeah, Rome uh, or uh, Burks hasn't emerged at all yet. You know, like, where are you at? And so the Titans have to, I think, operate this offseason like Traylon Burks doesn't exist. That's how I think they should. I I, I love that. I, I, I love that angle. And, you know, Burks, look, in the NFL, you're guilty until proven innocent, right? You're not, you're, you're not capable of being trusted without first proving that you're trustworthy. Traylon Burks has yet to prove that. And, you know, I understand that he had the big training camp last year and he was playing confident. But, you know... When he makes a mistake, it feels like he shuts down. And the Titans can't afford to have that, you know, out there alongside a quarterback who's still trying to figure it out. They got to have a dude who's confident in his own abilities and can go up and make a catch, forget about the last mistake, and just next play, next play, next play. Traylon Burks has to develop a mental edge this season. We know he's got the physical skill set, but if he can come around mentally in a Brian Callahan system, maybe maybe it changes things. Then you start thinking about, okay, well, how can Traylon Burks help us? But starting him off in the wide receiver four role, I I don't think that puts a ton of pressure on him. I think he can play a little more free, a little more loose. Maybe it helps him in the long run. Yeah, I think you nailed it. He needs to have a mental edge. And I look, I want Traylon to succeed. He's a nice guy. Like, I, I would like to see Traylon do well. But as far as I'm viewing, Darren says he doesn't exist. <laughs> I am treating this offseason uh, like um, he does not exist uh, for sure. So, uh, another super chat uh, right here. Juan says, do you think drafting neighbors helps Burks? If yes, how? And I think Jack, you kind of laid it out there that if he is wide receiver four, um, then I think the Titans have him in a situation where he's under less pressure from a production standpoint. He just has to be way more efficient. Yeah, totally agree. I have no notes. I, I'll leave it at that. I have no notes. Uh, good, good deal. No All crumbs. Right. <laughs> Jack, uh, we're going to save our other topic for another day. Again, uh, some housekeeping notes. Uh, it's me and Jack the rest of the week. We got Sam up in Indianapolis at the Combine where he's getting ready to talk to Brian Callahan and Rand Carthon in the next, within the next hour at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. Buck Rising is also there 
uh, in Indy as well. He will have both Rand and Callahan on his radio show on 104.5 The Zone coming up in the 10 o'clock Central Time Hour in just about an hour plus. Uh, and so Jack and I are ready to roll throughout the rest of the week. We've got a lot of great topics to react to what happens with Carthon and Callahan. I talked to Buck last night as he was driving up there, game planning some, how can you ask Brian Callahan about the seventh overall pick wide receiver or O-line without him copping out of the, of the, of the question. That's what Buck and I talked last night about on the phone. How can Buck present the question and get the answer the right way? Because we, we have no idea how to ask Brian Callahan questions these days. We knew how to get around it with Vrabel at times, even though Vrabel would still shut us down. So uh, Buck <laughs> will have his opportunity to talk to both the head coach and the GM here coming up later today. But Jack, it is now time for some shade. You ready? Ready. Shout out Wilson County Hyundai. WilsonCountyHyundai.com is where to go to make them a part of your new car buying process. So go see them in Lebanon or online at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. So Jack, shade time, shade time on a Tuesday. If you got something you need to get off your chest, throw some shade at it uh, and uh, let it be. Throw some shade and let it move on. So uh, IR, I see, starts us off. He says, shade on sleepwalking. Went to sleep at 10 in my bed, woke up at 2 on the couch. Oh, my gosh. I, are, I, I hope you can fit in a nap at some point today or at least go to bed early tonight. Um, I'm not a sleepwalker, but that that uh, that that is a little freaky to me. You sleepwalk, Austin? I don't think so. I, sleep, I used to sleep talk, but I don't think I do that as much anymore. God, that's at almost least my, my wife hasn't sleepwalk. told me that I... Every once in a while, I will I will like make incoherent noises of like just like mumbling, and it's usually when I pass out on the couch watching some TV show, and but it's not as frequently as it used to be. But I am definitely a, more of a sleep talker than a sleepwalker. <laughs> okay, all right, sleep talking scary, right? You never know what <laughs> yeah. you're gonna say because you're <laughs> unconscious. Yeah, usually it's just a bunch of gibberish, is what I've from what I understand. Uh, college roommates also told me that I, I used to talk quite a bit, um, but nothing was ever like made any type of sense whatsoever. Nothing coherent. Jason Martinez says he's throwing shade at Twitter for thinking that Marvin Harrison Jr. skipping the combine is going to hurt his stock. Hashtag in your dreams. Love a nice hashtag. Well, okay. All right. Let's, but skipping the workouts, sure. I don't care. Not doing the medicals, not doing the interviews. That is something that I think is is new here, where that does like make me think you got something to hide. Well, his dad Man, does. It, damn it, you took the joke right <laughs> off my tongue. <laughs> yeah, if there's anyone that knows about hiding something problematic, it, it would be his father. So he, he's got that at least. Jeff Rubel says. Throwing shade on the LA Clippers new logo. It's a Dollar General version of the Columbus Clippers logo. And what does a cruise ship have to do with the Clippers? Fair question. Um, let's see what Isn't else we Clipper got. Isn't a Clipper a boat, though? That's news to me, if that's what it is. I, I'm pretty I, I'm sure a, a, a Clipper is some type of water vessel. Yeah, okay. It sounds like kind uh, of a barber can, to me. You can, no, it, uh, you can go read the chat. I will tell you what what is a Clipper. Okay, well, while, sure Austin, 
Well, it's a Austin ship. researches this. Okay, it is a ship. Yeah. All right. So, Jeff, maybe that answers your question. Maybe that fixes your shade. Maybe maybe that turns your shade into sunshine. Now, they're not cruise ships. Clippers are... Uh, Clipper ships were named were so named because they were fast sailors, a term derived from to clip, which is getting as much propulsion as possible from the available wind. So a clipper is a faster sailboat. <laughs> yeah, there's some water cooler yeah. talk for you guys that that uh that, that want to impress a coworker today. <laughs> um, I hope she already an old already wooden ship before. that they used during the Civil War times. Um, shade on wide receiver simps. Levis deserves an offensive line. I, I think that everyone, I don't know that wide receiver simps is fair because everyone knows the Titans need two things this draft. Like there are two things that the Titans need to fix before anything else is even discussed. Offensive line and wide receiver. Now how you prioritize those two, those two positions differs on the person. And for me, I think a wide receiver helps more, but I guess I'm just a wide receiver simp. Um, continuing to go here. Shade on those four guys that thought they could take Cam Newton. Austin, I don't know if you've seen that video. I have. But How could you My not? God, Cam Newton is not one to play with. Also, why are you starting fights at a seven-on-seven seven camp with a guy who runs the camp, right, or, or the tournament? Like, that's the dude that's putting up the cash prize. He's, he's finding advertisers coming and do that. Why are you going to pick a fight with him? If you can't yeah, wasn't take trash it, talk. Wasn't he up. trying to break it up initially, and then they just turned on him? I don't know. I mean, we've seen him kind of, kind of uh, go at some seven-on-seven seven players before, just kind of like playful banter, trash talk. Oh, but I, you, I remember you know, when the Panthers, yeah, when the Panthers did joint practices with the Titans back in the day, and Cam didn't do anything. It was when he was coming off his shoulder surgery. He literally didn't do anything. He didn't throw a single football. All he did was talk trash to Titans fans on the sideline for two straight days of practices, not doing anything, and it was hilarious the entire time. <laughs> Titans fans did not like him either because of that celebration he did in the end zone when the game was already out of hand that one time. Um, my shade is the guys who tried to jump camp, so more shade on those dudes. Um, we've got – I'm throwing shade at his four-year-old daughter who wouldn't stop jumping in her bed and smashed her forehead on the footboard and required a trip to the doctor. Oh, oh. my God. Anthony, I hope everything's okay, but maybe, maybe that's the last time she jumps on the bed. Maybe that's a self-taught lesson right there. Um, Rooney says shade on high school basketball recruiting players from other schools to win the championship. That's a thing that was that's been going on since uh, I think I was in high school. Um, it does kind of ruin the the purity of the high school game, um, in my opinion. So I, I do kind of side with Rooney Glover. I think it should you should stick to the dudes in your area. But yeah, but uh, when, Jack, schools, you went to a you know, private school. You went to a private school. Like, what are you talking? about? I understand. Look, hey, and, and you know the school I went to is probably not innocent in that matter either. But uh, you know, I. I wish that it, it kind of stayed the same way where the dudes from Franklin would play at Franklin or Centennial or BGA. And, you know, you didn't go get a guy out of Metro and make some of the Metro schools worse just by, by picking and prying off some of the best talent in the Metro crop. Um, so I, I do have a Jack, I, you I funded a that you funded the process by going to private school. Oh, look, I didn't, fund you were it. contributing Let's factors. That straight. To that. <laughs> well, if anything, it hurt my playing time. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. so shade shade on Tony phil for being wrong again that fraud what is he a, gra- a groundhog no, a fraud groundhog. how is he wrong he's right right now it feels right i think it's gonna get to the 40s on wednesday again though um it's, yeah but you can have 40s in the spring i think he's been yeah. right yeah 
Okay. All right. It's so like gotta... it was it's February and I was literally on a dog walk last night in shorts and a t-shirt. That's if that's not early spring, then I don't know what what is. Benjamin says shade on the Bengals for tagging the guy I wanted. I'm with him, Benjamin, but that doesn't mean it's impossible. You can still trade for him. Um shade on anyone who would take a wide receiver over Alt Shano Patrick Bird. He's uh he's he's on Nate's burner side, the wide receiver simps. Bring it on. The wide receiver simps. I, I'm going to have to start calling myself that. Austin, my shade this week is kind of going to go to a hot button issue right now in college basketball. The court storming takes. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people really missed the boat on how to fix this issue. And, and, you know, instead of having the yellow coats there kind of surrounding the student section to prevent what, to have like 50, 75 secure, like security guys trying to keep 5,000 students off the court, I don't think that's the right the right method. I think you're using those security guys in the wrong way. I think instead of trying to prevent an overwhelming number of students from getting onto the court, you should instead create like a tunnel, almost like a pregame tunnel of security officers who help escort the visiting team or yeah, the visiting team back to their locker room. You want to prevent injuries. Well, just safeguard all the players on the visiting team that are trying to get off the court. That's how you fix it. You don't bring in armed guards. You don't bring in, you know, the national guard to try and keep fans off the court. You're not going to do it. If 18 to 22-year-old students want to rush the court, they're going to find a way to get on that court. The, no matter how many security personnel you have in there is not going to stop them. They're going to overwhelm you. They're going to overpower you. And we always see videos of security guards kind of taking out a girl or the smallest guy or a kid. Instead mm-hmm. of doing any of that, let them get on the court. Let the school pay the fine and safely escort the visiting team to their locker room. You won't have a Filipowski issue if you do that. You won't have a Caitlin Clark issue if you do that. That's I don't think a lot of people have brought that kind of solution up yet. Yeah, and that's one that I'm trying to fix while also keeping court storming because it's sacred to the game of college basketball. And I think it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's tough because it's so much easier to control 15 athletes compared to 5000 or so or exactly. thousands or hundreds of students. It's not a bad idea. And plus, like you don't like show up to the arena like, all right. You guys ready? Get the armed guards ready for just in case there's a court storming today. Like you don't know how the game's gonna play out until you're like five minutes before it happens. I don't think that's a bad idea. Uh, of you've got enough people there on any given college basketball game to do what you just laid out and execute yeah. that of getting them to the court. And if you watch, like Flip, young player, you know, probably hadn't been around. Every other guy, one of Duke's players, they got the hell out of there fast. They knew what was about to happen, and Flip didn't. He kind of waited back. I'm not saying he should be blamed by any means, but you can see that some people have been here more often than others where they knew what to do, and, and he didn't in that situation. I, I do think that this is an important issue from Nick. says, if a Duke player gets slightly injured for us to still have court storming, whatever. If this happened in the Mountain West, or in the WCC, somebody beats Gonzaga, maybe Loyola Marymount, and they storm the court. I, I don't think it's as big of an issue as it is with Duke, right? A blue blood program um, with a coach who spoke out against it. So, like, I, I only think, and Caitlin Clark, obviously the biggest player in the women's game, and one of the one of the more popular bas- college basketball players in general right now. If it doesn't happen to the superstars, we don't talk about this. So. I think that's a different issue. But uh, like I said, you don't have to allocate funds differently. You don't have to bring in more personnel. You just have to figure out a way to get the security that you already have paid for 
efficiently escort the team back to their locker room. Everyone's safe. Maybe not everyone's happy, but everyone's at least safe, and there's no injuries and stuff that we have to talk about or worry about costing a kid his college career or maybe a year into his pro career with, uh, you know, uh, an injury suffered from a court storming incident. So that's, yeah, that's what I did. That's my the court storming situation was also going to be my shade. Uh, David says, how about winning a road game that you're supposed to win? Well, David Wake Forest was actually favored by two and a half. Uh, Nobody's that doing that in college basketball either. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. winning road games. They're supposed to. Right now. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know what Jay Billis has said, but Nick saying Jay Billis is on his soapbox doesn't help. Look, I, I heard Dan Patrick's take, and I think Dan Patrick's take is absolutely right is that the fact that, you know, one, ESPN is what put this and gave st- court storming a platform because they promoted it by all the the tournament championship week type commercials that go out there. Promotions have court stormings nonstop. They've been doing this for decades, just like the NFL used to do with the jacked up segment in the 90s of, look at all these bat- massive hits and like, oh, well, concussion lawsuit. Maybe we shouldn't do that anymore. Well, too late, but like, and then Dan Patrick was right by saying nothing is truly going to change until something very, 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 very bad happens. A sprained ankle from Filipowski is not bad enough for anything to change. Caitlin Clark situation, not bad enough for anything to change. Something way worse than that is going to have to occur for us to react to it and actually change. And I don't know what that's going to be. And I don't want it to happen because that means something awful is going to happen. Yeah. I, I just think the way that they train security officers in those situations should change. And if it does, I, th- I think it's fine. And I, speaking of fine, I don't know that there is a number that you can find a school that, you know, makes them get their act together with this stuff. Like students these, are, the the SEC students don't care? Yeah. No, no, they don't give a damn. student cares about their university getting fined no how you if you really want to do it you expel the student for running on the court or the field that's how you do it you that, say that you would be gone. effective that that would be effective now is that is that a good situation for the school though because they could lose out on a lot of tuition money if you know 500 well, kids get on the court that's that might sign sound harsh but i think that's really the only thing is you're expelled like i you know, I, I saw somebody say Richard Sherman shade for getting another DUI. If you get a DUI at University of Tennessee, you're up for expulsion. Expulsion. Really? Yeah. And um, I had somebody that I knew that happened to. That's, Drebe, that's crucial enough for it to work. Drebe's uh, saying, Jack, you don't know ball. Talking about the Mountain West like they're bad. I know ball, Drebe, okay? I know ball. The Mountain West is as deep as any conference right now. New Mexico, take them to go far in your bracket. They're dogs. They've got great guards. Um, and, you know, here's MB. He says, Jack, there won't be 500 kids because they'll stop. You say that, but, I mean, MB, we live in the state of Tennessee. Tennessee fans, you know, once you have enough fireball and, and Bud Light, then you start forgetting about the consequences of your actions. It's and just also, how it goes. Once- once the first hundred people storm the field record, then well, help, let's do it. <laughs> then it's open. The floodgates are yeah. already open. I, yeah. I mean, seriously. So, and you know, there's, there's people that get on the court that aren't even students. Like, like that's yeah. another situation. So it, it's a tough issue to fix, but I, I think it's as simple as just training your security guards differently and being less focused on the fans getting on the court and more focused on the team getting off the court. That's where the money is. And those players get those guys off safely. We won't have any issues. 
All right, that'll do it for us here. Uh, I know Rand Carthon is already underway speaking at the NFL Combine. Excuse me, you can follow um, that content on our Twitter account at A to Z Sports. By the way, had our new NFL Twitter account get launched yesterday at A to Z Sports NFL uh, for our national coverage. But Titan stuff at A to Z Sports on Twitter. I know Sam's already got a few videos of Rand Carthon out there talking about the offensive line and wide receiver in the draft and Ty J Spears as well. So get that checked out right there on our uh, Twitter account for all that more social media coverage to come across Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube for that later throughout the day. Buck Rising will be live from Indianapolis at the Combine tonight at 7 p.m. Central. You got to do a little earlier in the Combine week, 7 p.m. Central for Buck's primetime show. Content throughout a to zsports.com. Check that out. Hit that like button before you leave. We need more people to like the show uh, today. Way more people watching than to hit that like button. So please help us out there. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow on a Wednesday morning. Appreciate it as always. Tighten up pod out at midnight.